Hi, this is Fishstick, and today we have done something absolutely wild. Completely out of the ordinary, completely breaking format, and I think you're going to love it. Welcome to our holiday special episode for 2019. What holiday? I don't care. There's a shitload of them, so pick one that you want this to be for. What we have for you is an improvised comedy sci-fi radio play. We were joined by fellow Scavengers Network podcaster Ty, who is A, a total creative badass, and B, hosts Side Character Quest, which is a phenomenal role-playing podcast. So what we did is we took a game called Lasers and Feelings, and we used it as a way to create and direct this story for you. I cut out most of the rules and the rolling and stuff to make it as much like a radio show as possible. I also spent like probably 24 nonstop hours of editing with all the sound effects and music to make it real fun. We really did our best to make it so that people who aren't big fans of role-playing games or who just aren't familiar to still be able to enjoy it to its fullest. And oh boy, is it wild. I do, however, need to give you a very, very quick rundown of the game just so that you're on the same page. Because there are a couple times where we do reference the game that needed to be left in the show. And don't worry about following this exactly. You just need to know the gist. This is how it works. Basically, each cast member had to roll a die whenever they tried to do something. They'd have a set number that's between two and five for their character. And if what they're trying to do was scientific or logical, it was called lasers, and they had to try and roll lower than that number. If it was passionate or emotional, it's called feelings, and they try and roll above it. If they roll their number exactly, it's called laser feelings, and they get to choose either to ask me a question I'd have to answer honestly, or they could count it as a successful roll, and they would do whatever they tried. They also get extra dice if they're prepared or if they're an expert at whatever the hell they're doing. I also broke the rules and gave them each a secret one-time special ability, but that's not important to get into. Again, please don't worry if you didn't follow that completely. You don't really need to know that much. We don't talk about how to play the game. We really kept it to the story. And don't worry, we're not changing the whole podcast on you. We'll be back next Monday with a regular episode of I Don't Know Radio. But for now, happy holidays, sit back, and enjoy the show. The year is 2241. You all are members of the Space Force, which, yes, had an unfortunate origin, but unfortunately there's not much of a better name than Space Force, <laughs> let's be honest. It's in the future, but not the glorious future depicted by science fiction novels and movies. No, it's very much like today, just with interstellar travel and other basic things. Smartphones have gotten smarter, Entertainment's gotten dumber, but you as members of the Space Force have a very peculiar situation. Because for centuries now, humanity has been firing its garbage and refuse into the sun. And today, the sun fired back. You three are part of an elite squad that are going to be sent to go and investigate what's happening, find a solution, or figure out what the fuck is going on. So, instead of having you introduce your characters in a boring way, Professor... <laughs> Yep. What is your character, and what are they doing on the night before they're going to be shipped out for this expedition? So, Margot Wigglebacher rolls out of bed at about 5.30 p.m. He, <laughs> uh, he walks to his bathroom, and he takes a scoop of Vaseline and rubs it into his hair. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, he immediately walks over to his workbench and sits down, and he starts tinkering with a device that he's been working on. Uh, and about an hour or so after that... He gets. A, he hears a knock on the door. He's been expecting this, so he goes over and answers the door, and it's his. It's someone he knows named Ricky. Mago, you got the stuff? Uh, yeah, Ricky, I got the stuff for you. Just give me one second. All right, all right. So he rummages through his doors, and he, <laughs> he pulls out a bag, and he hands it through the door to Ricky. This is the good stuff? Of course it's the good stuff. Mago doesn't deal with anything less than the best. That's why I love you. Now listen, you get caught with this shit. You know that you didn't find it here. Nope, found it in the sewer grate next to Grandma's house. Perfect. I ain't thick. <laughs> Thanks, Maggie. So Margot slams the door. He knows he has to get up in about um, eight, ten hours to get ready for work. So he uh, he walks over to his uh, his night table and he blows a line of this new <laughs> of this new substance he's been working on. He need, always needs to test the product, and then he uh, walks out his front door and he heads down the street to a nightclub where he will spend the next six hours experiencing the nightlife before going to bed for a, a nice three hours of sleep. Wow, what a preparation. You know oh. the Space Force drug tests, right? 
Margot makes very, very, very good drugs, and he can also make very good serums that just wipe it out of your system. Cranberry juice, right? Yeah, it's cranberry juice. <laughs> Please tell me that you had most of that planned, because otherwise I'm going to feel really bad following up after it. Same. <laughs> no, God, you're fine. All right, uh, Lulu. My character's name is Fabian Misner, um, sometimes known as Fab. Not quite sure which circle of people get to call them Fab, but... It's just a nickname that gets like tacked into the middle with the quotation marks. So Fabian feels very strongly about certain things the government is hiding and thus is quite the activist. And getting into the Space Force is a huge part of the activism that Fabian's been working on. Um, so it is a key moment in their life. And uh, so the night before, they're always prepared. There's not much to do, um, and there's not. They don't have anyone to say goodbye to, so it's just a evening, dim lighting in a hotel room. Bags already packed. Not a big bag because if you're going to be prepared to move, uh, to be at the next place that activism is needed, to be undercover, to discover what you need to discover, to save the people from the government, then you have to carry little, travel light, and always be ready. So they just add the last, like, shirt into the bag, zip it up, and sit on the bed, side of the bed, and uh, I'm not sure there's going to be much sleep. I think they're just going to consider their movements and plan. And uh, Ty... Your character's name and what they are doing spending the night before this big mission. Oh boy, I've run through in the, the time while I was supposed to be listening to you guys, I was ignoring you while I tried desperately to think of the perfect thing for Dr. Ferris Kronson to be doing the night before. I, I believe that what he has been doing is going to be the first thing that comes out of my mouth, which is he uh, is volunteering at a local uh, pet shelter um, where he is <laughs> treating uh, a pet that came in with a broken leg. And it's it's the last thing, you know, you, you think like he should be, he should be preparing for boarding the ship the next day. He should be thinking about what he's going to pack and bring, but he is just, instead, he is selflessly spending his time replacing this dog's broken leg with uh, a robot uh, appendage, which uh, no one asked him to do that, but he is. Um, and yes, everyone's going to be mad, but like he needed to test this thing out and like what better way than test it out on like a random dog that he, that nobody apparently owns or cares about. He's not a great guy. Uh, <laughs> I, it's an interesting use of the word selflessly then. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. I'm selflessly experimenting on strays. <laughs> It's, it's what I do. I just like to help people, you know. Oh I like to help God. people kindly by uh, replacing their parts with stronger, better parts that aren't going to break as easily next time. This dog will be able to hunt down that car and seek justice on it. There's a rocket launcher on the on his um, on his shank, uh, which will do, which will do, reap justice on those bad bad man that hit him with his car. The next day, 6 a.m. sharp, you're ordered to report to the Space Force Depot, which is in uh, a building that used to be a UPS shipping distribution center. Mm -hmm. uh, it closed down back in 2014, and it just kind of sat empty. So they've kind of co-opted part of it. How does Margot appear after a night like this? Are they miraculously okay? or? Oh, yeah, totally fine. Okay. Hair still slicked back from the night before. He just pushed it back after he rolled out of bed. With the Vaseline. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's the, the secret. You're all drawn up to roll call. Margot's standing there looking fine somehow. Probably bags under the eyes. What does Margot look like as a person? Real skinny guy, dark hair slicked back, wears a leather jacket, uh, really tight jeans, uh, cowboy boots that are a little too high, um, <laughs> and just chains on his jacket. Younger looking for an older guy, but he looks like he's aged, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, and he always has a cigarette in his mouth. What does Fab look like? So Fabian probably did get some sleep fully clothed, lying straight on their back, like, and does not look ruffled having gotten up, um, but is ready for the day, whatever it brings, has a small, very small duffel bag slung over the shoulder, like across the chest, is definitely full of vigor and looks determined. They are wearing 
leather pants. They have their, well, either I'm not sure if we get to walk up with this because, I mean, we've we've joined, but I don't know if it's been issued yet, but the phase pistol is strapped to the outside of one thigh. Oh, it's take home. This is, U- this is okay. the U.S. <laughs> um, they have um, a trench coat, short hair that almost looks like it could be on like a 1940s like male like uh, you know hair okay so like like Like, andy grammer's hair yeah kind of which i know he's not from the 50s but (laughs) he has that style Yeah, yeah yeah they have a lot of earrings up and down each ear um lots of hoops Black leather pants and boots, but um, okay. I do think there might be like a waistcoat styled vest, so the overlapping, uh, and I think a cravat could definitely, you know, be added to that. But that is a uh, gold color. <laughs> so they they kind of have an, an an anachronistic thing going on with their aesthetic. Nice. Um, and how does Doctor Ferris walk up to this roll call line? Yeah. So I am. Uh, I'm also. Um, Tall and willowy, uh, kind of like a Morgo, Margo, 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 but uh, looks more like you could knock them over as far as their build. Very, very thin and a whip like. They've got jet black hair as well, but it has streaks of like gray going through. And their jacket, I was originally planning on it being a all black lab coat, but since you guys are both wearing like a lot of black, I think I'm gonna go for a white uh, lab coat. Uh, pretty standard, except it has a stand collar uh, <laughs> with with a black piece in the the middle of the stand collar. Um, kind of like the inverse of a priest row. Uh, priest. So instead of being a a black collar with the white little square where it's it's peeking through, uh, it's the opposite of that. And yeah, he uh, has a a couple of his fingers are bound together with uh, medical tape um, just to keep him keep one of them straight. Otherwise, like his his coat is immaculate, but if you catch his like feet and his his pants poking through as he's walking, it just looks so crummy, so bad. <laughs> but the coat, oh, spotless. His uh, finger was broken um, this morning as he shook hands with a uh, robotic dog, um, which just slammed his hand to the ground. Didn't quite know its strength, <laughs> broke that finger, um, and he's he's just wrapped it up to to keep it straight and let it heal. Is he purely a veterinary doctor? No, I mean. He does whatever whatever he feels like, you know? Okay. <laughs> like, whatever you want. I wouldn't say that he's ever been asked to treat a pet. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. But, <laughs> but, yeah. So now that we've been introduced to our cast of characters, let's just sum them up really quickly, because in Lasers and Feelings, you have a name and then a two-word, like, title and job. So we'll do sort of a roll call here before we do diving into the story and getting a real roll call. Cool. Margo Wigglebacker, conniving chemical engineer. Fabian Misner, undercover activist, so I'm a pilot. Dr. Ferris Crunson, I'm dangerous and I'm a doctor. So you're all standing in this line. Standing with you in the line is a shorter woman wearing a all green sort of like skin tight jumpsuit. Not like those cheap spandex things, but like a, like a well put together official looking jumpsuit. White gloves and white boots. Next to her is a robot, a droid who is kind of shoddy in appearance. Like, a lot of sci-fi droids are kind of fancy-looking, but this is just very much like a Boston Dynamics robot. So this tall, thickly-built general kicks open the door and storms in, says, Soldiers, attention! Dr. Ferris Krunson um, stands up very straight, uh, hands all it on his side. He is is upright. Fabian just looks at him and sighs. Margot doesn't take his hands out of his pockets, but he slides his feet together. (laughs) Slowly. Not not quick, just sensually. <laughs> sensually. <laughs> Good afternoon, DB69, Ferris, Fab, Margo. Morning, General. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name, he says to the, uh, the shorter woman in the green jumpsuit. And uh, she snaps to attention. She says, Captain Darcy, the name is Spearmint, sir. <laughs> All right, Spearmint, I guess you're coming along with us for this, too. Fellas, this one's more serious than usual. This ain't just some trash flew off in the wrong direction or some space UPS truck broke it down and you gotta go catch him. This could be a foundational threat to humanity. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ferris. No, it's serious. Sounds very terrible. It could be, but there's also potential it couldn't be, which is why we're the ones sent to take care of this. So, uh, what exactly are we gonna be doing? Well, 
Are you familiar with the tale of Daedalus and Icarus? I read it once or twice. High school, yeah. It's the old one flying too close to the sun. That old the wax wings. Yeah. Y'all are- I think I could have made better things for that. I'm sure you could, Ferris, but I don't think a, do- a bunch of dogs with wings pulling a ship's a very effective thing to have. <laughs> Where's your spirit of Christmas, Cap? My spirit of Christmas died long ago, back after we won the war on it in 2020. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm glad y'all are jovial. I'll have you know I have a lot riding on our success of this mission today. Uh-huh. I got a big bet in the office pool. <laughs> we're gonna. Did you, did you bet that we're gonna succeed or fail? We're gonna be loading onto a school bus. We're gonna bust you down to the ship dock. We got a we got a ship ready for you. I'll be on there serving as acting captain. It'll be fine. We've done a million missions before. I'm not too nervous, but we are going to be flying pretty much directly at the sun. The intel we have so far is um, what looked like a solar flare, right? It uh, erupted from the surface of the sun, but unlike a solar flare, it just kept going and going and going. It's about a quarter of a million miles away. I might have to edit that because I don't know how far away the sun is from the <laughs> Earth. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Sun's farther away than it used to be, maybe, or closer. <laughs> um, but it's about halfway here with no signs of stopping. So we're going to go uh, intercept it. Now, it is on fire. So in case you're really curious about my bet in the office pool, <laughs> let's just say I won't be the one collecting on it. My husband's going to be the one who's rolling in the dough. Unless we can pull this off. No, I'm just being grim. All right. That's okay, Captain. I think that we can do this. And I, 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 I pat your shoulder. Thank, thank you, Ferris. You know what, Cap? I think we can do this, too, and I want you to put me down for 50 on success. 50 on success? Yeah. All right, and he pulls out his very smartphone, pulls it out of a slot on his wrist. It's a hologram. It's not actually slotted in. That's gross. But the way phones work in the future is that they just project from your wrist, so he just punches in a couple numbers, adds your bet to the pool, and says, oh, shit. You don't want to see these odds. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Any questions before we head out? Fab. Are we going to head out soon? Unless you have questions, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, let's get this show on the road. I've been uh, waiting to take a trip to the sun. All right. Hopefully we don't get that far. I, I, I'm, I think I'm ready now, Captain. And I take my hand off of his shoulder. I was there the whole time. <laughs> you guys pile into a school bus and take the bumpy ride all the way to the ship dock. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you guys have been assigned each other on, on the same team for several missions, and uh, Captain Darcy is very familiar to all of you. Uh, Margo, he doesn't really share his personal life with his coworkers, but he has no problem like standing up while the bus is moving and like walking over to start a conversation in the middle of the aisle, mm-hmm. even if it's just brief. So, uh, hey, Doc, uh, how was your day yesterday? Oh, you know, I went down to uh, the pound and was just sort of helping out around there. There was some some pets that had been injured, and of course I had to, you know, treat them. And um, there was a oh, there was a poor little kitty that was missing an eye, so I put in a thermal detector, so now he can see heat signatures. It's very wonderful. He's the best mouse. He's going to be the best mouser. Now that sounds really interesting. That's the kind of cat that I could see myself owning. Yes, and I could see you, always. <laughs> Uh, you're a funny guy, Doc. I like you. Oh, I like you, too. You're very wonderful. Hey, um, do, do, do I detect a little bit of a limp? Yeah, yeah, you could say I have a limp. Or if you ever need to work on that, you know, come down to my office. I'll help you out. I might take you up on that offer. All right. And the bus uh, pulls off onto a dirt <laughs> path, rattles down to a disused airport. Not a disused airport, but sort of a setback airport, which is sort of a dirt trail. In the airport yard is only a couple small, you know, single-person planes and uh, one very large spaceship that takes up most of the airport. It looks kind of ramshackle, but it is a military installation, so you pass by a guard and a gate. Gives the school bus not even a double take, in case you want to have any idea how well-funded and well, <laughs> well done the Space Force is. Just opens the gate, school bus passes through. So as the school bus rolls up and the one big spaceship comes into view, it's a big boxy thing. It weirdly looks like a big Honda CRV with a bunch of stuff nailed to it. <laughs> in in a, if you were to put it reductively, it's got like the look of like a the first model Honda CRV. Uh, so not a glorious ship by any means. Uh, as you roll up, Captain Darcy says, "Yeah, ironically, you guys are going to be shipping off in the Icarus." Uh, not not amused. Not not even nothing. Not even a chuckle. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> didn't, he, uh, didn't he die? 
Yeah. That guy died. No, he did. All right. So we. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She ain't. She ain't pretty. But she's fast. She's got good shields. Uh, she's got only one medical bay, but that shouldn't be a problem. You're a doctor, right? Doctor. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Why else would I be here? I mean, honestly, this is a trip that you wouldn't think you'd really need a doctor. It's pretty short term. Usually, I only come on the longer trips. But here I am. Yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, fair. Yeah, we're glad that you're here, Ferris. I'm glad that you're here, too. And I put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and uh, <laughs> Captain Darcy, like, very gently just lifts your hand off and sets it down by your side and doesn't let go of your wrist until it's down by your side. <laughs> Thank you, Ferris. Thank you. Uh, so we're actually set to take off uh, as soon as we can get on board, and um, Spearmint snaps to attention and says, Yes, Captain Darcy, sir! I will get on the ship, sir, and I will assume my duty, sir, as the ship's cook! And then she just runs and, like, runs up the ramp into the ship. Quite the brown nose of that one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's uh, she's very new. Really enthusiastic, though. Good kid. Kind of sad she's in on this mission. Looks like she's just out of one of those films, too. Like the superhero films. Yeah, she's like a Trekkie or whatever. Likes those old films. Oh, you know, the classic Trekkie uniform, all green. <laughs> As they were in, in Star Trek. <laughs> Green uniform. Very common. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. um, DB69 rolls out of out of the school bus, out the back, um, kind of ungraced. You know, the school buses have that, like, emergency door in the yeah. back. DB69 has treads and just kind of <laughs> thunks out of the back of the bus and rolls up to you. So hey, easy there, beep-boop. Don't go smashing your hard drive before we even get on the ship. I would appreciate less derisiveness from you, Margot Wigglebacher. Goodness gracious, Margo. His name is D.B. Obviously, it's a deep boop, not beep boop. That's B.B.B. B. Thanks, Doc. You're welcome. You hear that deep boop? He cleared it up. Now we're good. Thank you, Dr. Ferris, for clearing that confusion. No problem, deep boop. You're my best friend. I am deep boop 69, reporting to duty. I shall go man the sensors. And he just rolls away and goes up the ship. And uh, Captain Darcy goes, <coughs> God, I wish he wasn't a diesel. <laughs> really, that's going to be a bit of a problem in an enclosed space. Mm. But uh, he's the best sensor robot that we have. So <coughs> it's a good, a good thing he's going to be with you. Don't worry. I installed some filters on my lungs to keep out the diesel. If you'd like, I could do the same for you. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to spend a lot of time in my cabin on this one, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be okay. Make sure to lock that door if you don't want me to do it for you. I'm gonna pretend that that's not illegal, what you just said to me, and not have you court-martialed. You can pretend, but that doesn't change reality. So you guys are all having this conversation <laughs> as you walk up the ramp. Um, the ramp closes behind you, the ship tips backwards, launches down the runway, and heads out into the atmosphere. And the story, the saga, truly begins. The trip is going to take approximately three weeks to intercept based, oh, on, based okay. on the data. Gotcha. And at that point, you will be within two miles of it, which is very close in space ranges, I have mm -hmm. decided. I don't actually know. Um, <laughs> Spearmint, for the record, is an amazing cook. She does tend to over-season things a little bit, but the things she's seasoning are incredibly bland Space Force food. Mm. DB69, Deep Boop, has been uh, just kind of... <laughs> puttering around, and uh, I'm assuming after some complaining, has hooked up his exhaust port straight to an exterior port that leads out of the ship into space. Yep. But not after a full, not until after a full week of carbon monoxide poisoning, basically. <laughs> How have Does you anybody else find that it's very hard to wake up in the morning? <laughs> Get a little lightheaded, but you know, I'm surviving. Tell me a little bit about how you guys have been spending your time. I, I don't know about you guys. I feel like uh, anytime any of you expresses any discomfort or any um, confusion, I offer to replace whatever it is that you were concerned about. Like your foot hits the, hits like a, a bulkhead when you're sitting. Oh, you know, I could replace those with some treads if you'd like. Be just like Mr. Deep Poop over there. Deep Poop knows. He knows exactly what this is like, right? And stuff like that. Any, any slight annoyance from you guys gets that immediate reaction from me. Can I have a conversation with someone that gets into my field? of expertise. You have been uh, piloting the ship, so you've actually been working closely with Deep Boop. 
who you'd have the most annoyance with the uh, diesel smoke. But uh, Deep Boob says, <laughs> Adjust course, 2.6 degrees, southwest, vertical, 1.4 degrees. Thank you, Deep Boob. Fab says through their cravat that is across their nose. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Can you please repeat? Thank you, Deep Boop. You are welcome, Pilot Fab. I am sorry. I do believe that I also am experiencing some cognitive technical difficulties. Perhaps you should go take care of those. You should go find Dr. Um, uh, What's-His-Face. Pilot Fab, I do not desire to desert my position. Well, I have no doubt about your abilities to act as sensor and navigator and plot charter and ship watch person. Robot. <laughs> a solemn duty has been installed in my RAM. Rom. Man, I could use a rest. <laughs> Suit yourself. Commander Fab, you appear distressed. Do I? I mean, I mean, your, your, your presence does sort of distress me sometimes. I am sorry, Commander Fab. Perhaps we could try a different voice package. How about this, Commander Fab? I am going to turn you <laughs> off if I you speak another word like that. Adjust course northwest, 2.2 degrees. You know, Dr. Fab, um, I've been standing here for the past three hours uh, just kind of wa- watching you from the sh- uh, shadow, and I wonder, where is the North Pole of Space? And uh, Deep Boop goes into a very long-winded explanation oh. in an incredibly yeah. annoying voice. Oh, quite. I understand. I see. <laughs> Doctor, now that we can get a word in edgewise, do you, do you think you could do something with him? I think you're going to want to be a little more specific. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. I don't. <laughs> for your own sake, for the sake of everyone in this crew, I think you want to be more specific when you say, do something to him for to me. I'm happy to, but I've, I've, what I've learned is that not everyone is after the fact. Very happy about asking me that sort of question. Honestly, I don't think I care what happens to him, so you can do whatever you want. But specifically, if you can stop that voice. (laughs) I grab him and pull him out and disappear into the shadows. I am going, I am going on an unplanned break. (laughs) Uh, Margo. Captain Darcy kicks open the door to your quarters. What are you doing when you're interrupted? I'm sitting in my bathroom, smoking a cigarette and blowing the smoke down the toilet. <laughs> Margo! Why, uh, hey, Cap. Okay, now two things. One, give me a butt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You like uh, hand-rolled? Oh, I love hand. That's the only kind of rolled. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't like those new lab-grown ones they make, and the filter gets all mushed up no, no, in them. No, 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 they're disgusting. They're filled with uh, the harmful chemicals. You don't want to put that shit in your body. Yeah, it's gross. I'm so glad they made vaping illegal. He says as he uh, <laughs> kneels down in front of <laughs> kneels down in front of you, like sitting like with his head blowing the smoke down the same toilet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he says, "Margo, you tell me if you fucked with Deep Boop's diesel, right?" Deep Boop? Are you kidding me? Kid's been acting real fucky. Listen, I, I chain smoke like every day, and I can't even handle all the diesel fumes coming out of that guy out of that guy's ass. We tried porting him outside, and and he he's pretty good about it, but sometimes woof. Uh, you know, we could talk to the doc and uh, maybe uh, look into installing some kind of a filtration system, or maybe a solar panel. I wouldn't trust that guy to change the tires on a jeep, let alone try and change the filters on a droid's ass. You know. The ladder actually sounds less complicated. <laughs> you guys hear, uh, right as that is that it, that is said, um, you hear the scraping sounds of uh, of <laughs> of uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Ferris Crunson dragging Deep Boop by your your room. I am taking an unplanned break. I am taking an unplanned break. Quiet now, sweet prince. <laughs> <laughs> Give him hell, Doc. <laughs> Well, I guess that answers that, he says, and he flicks the cigarette butt into the toilet. Margot takes his out because it's nearing the end, and he puts a new one in and lights it off of the old cigarette. You got to stop doing that, Margot, or you'll live forever. And he, pun- <laughs> <laughs> and he punches you in the arm and uh, walks away. Margot's going to get up from the toilet with his cigarette, and he's going to walk to the mess hall to get a snack. And uh, when he walks through the doors, he approaches the counter, just grabs something. Uh, hey, throw it on my tab. And then sits at a table and notices Fab talking to Spearmint. Spearmint looks at you, Fab, and says, I don't 
I don't understand why he does that. There's no tab. There's no one. Those are the snacks. Those are free. This is the military. I don't know what's up with that guy. He scares me a little bit. Does he? A little bit. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your uniform. Where'd you get that? Oh, this. I made it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm... Okay, so like, and Spearmint looks around kind of conspiratorially, conspiratorially, and says, I don't like talking about it, but I'm kind of a huge fan of Star Trek. I don't know if you've seen Star Trek. I have. Specifically the re-remakes that Disney did when they bought it in 2094. Hmm. Oh my God. So this is, um, this is Sprock's suit. I made a replica. That's, that's very good. I have to say, I, I really like your interest. It's, it's very cool. I, something about the classics back... I miss the 90s. <laughs> you, you weren't even around for the 90s. No, I know. Something about that era calls to me. You know, I was born in the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I just... So I made this because I go to a lot of, like, Ren fairs and things. <laughs> is, is, that, is that referring to the din- Disney Renaissance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, like, over 100 years ago. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, TV shows and movies um, from the past that were set in the future? Things are just not made the same way, you know? There's like the really old stuff when times were really bad, but there was like a bit where I know there were problems, but it's just so charming, you know? It's just the aesthetic and the mood. (laughs) What do you think about their visions of the future? What? Oh, you mean like how they portrayed today in Star Trek? Yeah. Did you know that today is actually the anniversary of episode 3,497 <laughs> of the Disney reboot in which Sprock and Janway go to go to the island with the monkey planet? It's, oh, to, that happened today. But it's nothing like, you know, their version of the future was all rounded and ours is all square, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, I do, but I don't think it's founded. We don't think what's founded. Do you not think it's strange that in our foreseeing of the future in the past, that nothing has come to pass of the future that was in the past? Uh, hey, uh, Fab, I don't, I don't mean to be eavesdropping, but I'm going to need you to repeat that last bit for me because I didn't follow it. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's almost, uh, almost lunch. Fab, good talking to you. We can talk more about Star Trek later. Um, I have to go. <sighs> of course. Have you, wait, before I go, did you, did you see the next, next, next generation? Yes. Oh, so good. Okay, bye. All right. And uh, Spearmint scuttles away into the kitchen to prepare for lunch. Are you familiar, Mango, with all this, this, uh... Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't really remember exactly which one you're talking about, uh, uh, the, the, the premise of it. Just any, any of the movies that were made in the past about the future and what they envisioned happening in the future, but in the past, our past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there was that, uh, that one episode where they made that, uh, that hyperbeam, uh, uh, engine, which blasted the ship through space-time and, and uh, circled it back and then they had to go forward to fix what they did so that they could not do that again and, and break this loop, right? Am I thinking Star Wars? <laughs> An alarm starts going off and Captain Darcy's voice comes over the intercom and he says, Get to the bridge! Get to the fucking bridge! Right now! Fab, let's, uh, let's finish this conversation later, alright? Of course. Dr. Ferris strolls out of a closet where you can see uh, a deep boop of behind him. Um, deep boop, I have, I am trying to give him a, a soothing humanoid Scottish accent. Okay, cool. I like this. I like this. All right. You're going to roll one die because okay. you do. Is this something you were prepared to do? Because you I, usually work with biology, right? I usually work with uh, mechanical stuff. So, like, I do work with mechanical stuff. I work with amputations and stuff. But it's usually not robotics or AI or, or programming or software, I have like some vague idea of it, but not applying it in this way. So I'm not real good at it. So you're not an expert, but I would say you're prepared because you're more prepared than the average person would be. Yes. So you get fair. to roll two that's dice. This is lasers. Uh, one and five. So that's one failure and one success. Uh, so you, I'm guessing you're coming out to go towards the bridge. Uh, and I am strolling the most just nonplussed look on my face, just like, oh, yep, let's make my way outside. All right, um, come on, 
out uh, and let's present ourselves to the crew. DB, like, blows past you because the alarms are going off. He goes, I already are cutting up the back now. I go up to the princess. I'll leave our accident up. And I had just the wrong time to take a break, didn't I? Yeah, you weak bastards. Get your asses up to the bridge. You're going to have to find the way out around to the fucking plot in the heaven. And just like, <laughs> that just sort of fades into the distance as DB just his way up to the bridge. Oh, not quite what I was going for, but I'm not mad at it, I suppose. Why the hell did you give him an extra exhaust pipe? <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys, as you guys run to the bridge, the, the navigation screen, like you have like a radar screen, obviously, and it's showing, weirdly enough, your radar is picking up a weird signal. There's the flare, which you can also see on the like heads-up camera display out the side, mm -hmm. which is pretty big. Probably the size of the ship is this projectile, yeah. and it's streaming with fire. But on the radar, it's kind of creating a weird cascade pattern around it. Oh my god, look um, at that weird cascade pattern that's forming from the fire. Captain Darcy says, we got real close on it real quick. <clears throat> I don't know like what to make of it. My job's just to get you idiots up here. What do we do? I got an idea. Uh, 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 <coughs> Fab, how close can you get us to that thing? Um, I mean, I can, for better or for worse, can get us really close. All right. What I want you to do, blast us over there, get me, get me real close, and then hand me that intercom. What do you intend to do? Just trust me, all right? Get me over there. Mar Margo, you know we can... I, I don't think it's a ship, but we can hail shit. Like, we don't, have to get we don't have to get close and yell at him. I don't think this is a ship either, but I, I just want to see what happens here. I say we trust him. I have a good feeling about this one. I don't trust any of you. Uh, Fabian gets into, slips into the seat, <laughs> the navigation seat, and starts pulling levers and controls and looks very, very intense about the work they're doing. Pulling it closer to the, uh, the flying flaming mass? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably lasers. You are prepared and you are an expert, so you get to roll three dice. And I'm hoping for once. You're, yeah, you're hoping for once here, because this is not your, surprisingly not your wheelhouse. Oh! Oh my god! What, is what the fuck? <laughs> oh my gosh. How is that? <laughs> she was feeling passionate about it after all. So, okay, the way that I'm going to do this is that you have, you can either have laser feelings, which is where you can ask me a question and I'll answer honestly, or you can count your laser feeling as a success because you rolled your number exactly. Mm. So you can either have three successes or two successes and a question. Keeping in character, I'm going to go for three successes because as a follower of action hero movies, um, I think that being having a spectacular... Uh, pull up to this thing and like you know there's just no time for questions it's time for action so okay so you tell me how you where you put the ship and how you put it there fabian looking very in command and under control pulls all sorts of levers and they speed forward with their great speed and they come right up they like they do almost like a boomerang arc around it as you roll up and you get really close, you notice that it's made out of some kind of like carbon fiber netting. And inside of the netting is just a ton of garbage. It's a bunch of flaming garbage in a bundle. Mm. And if you look closely towards the front of the bundle, there's sort of like a triangle of uh, where the carbon fibers meet and connect to a single larger point. But then it's very hard to see in the blackness of space ahead of it. Well, flaming shit. Just as I suspected. Give me that intercom. Uh, Margo wants to activate the intercom and try to uh, communicate with the flying I'm, I'm not going to make you roll for that. Go ahead, Margo. So <laughs> Captain Darcy says, oh, talking to garbage. I see you're going after my job. Hey! Hey! Is there anybody in there? Two seconds after you finish saying that, an audible as what was originally a cascading pattern on your radar suddenly resolves into a thousand smaller dots. And in your field of vision, a ship in front of this towed piece of garbage appears, a large ship, very sleek and rounded. And all surrounding you in space is about a thousand smaller ships, all traveling in the same direction that have just relieved their cloaking. Three of them fly over to you, three very small ones with searchlights on, and they begin pinging the ship and DB goes, Hey, uh, there's a lot more of them than I could see before. I've gotten some incoming transmissions here and I take them, Captain. Captain Darcy says, I don't fucking know. Hey! hey. 
Are these guys with you? <laughs> Look, uh, uh, take. I'd say we take the transmissions. Margo, I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but you might have better luck using the communication system instead of screaming at them in a dead space. I can take a call for him if you want to speak to him. Uh, yeah, why don't we do that? Sure thing. I look over at uh, I look over at Fab and I say, "You're welcome." I changed his voice just like you asked. I hope you enjoy it. I don't have time for this right now, Doctor. Deep Boop pushes a couple buttons on the screen. A voice comes across that says, um, "Are you representatives of Planet Earth?" Uh, uh, some might say so. Yeah, I guess. Let me repeat the question: Are you? And then these three ships drawing closer. Representatives from planet Earth. Uh, you guys. I, uh, I squeeze my hand, um, still on Captain Darcy's shoulder from when I first walked into the room. <laughs> Squeezes his shoulder and say, it's okay. We're going to be all right. I'm not. It's me. In this moment, we need to have hope in our hearts. Doctor. Yes. Can you do me a favor? Of course. Can you just, like, not for a little while? Just not? Like, maybe not? I don't understand the question. I gotta go over here. (laughs) He walks to the other side of the bridge. (laughs) Goodbye, sweet prince. Okay, great big voice guy. We are indeed representatives from the planet Earth. Excellent. And then suddenly those three ships encircle you and you see them priming their tractor beams, Fab. It appears that you're about to be taken into custody. Let's not be too hasty. Uh, we are sent here as ambassadors to try and understand exactly what's going on here with this giant hunk of garbage that's flying back towards Earth. You are under arrest. I would advise you to behave and not to move and not to fight back. And, uh, and what are we being arrested for, sir? I think you know what you did. I've done many things. I think you're going to be more specific. Uh, And uh, at this point, three of the ships launch tractor beams to try and wrap around the ship, unless anyone's going to do anything about that. Yeah. I mean, we're, like, you know, holding speed alongside the trash ball. So all these ships that have appeared, I mean, obviously there's one ahead of it, and I'm assuming there's more ahead of us, and they're on either side. Are they above and below as well? You're essentially, you flew into the center of a cloud. It was almost as though the one pulling the trash was leading it, and everyone else was in a cloud around the trash headed the same direction. Can I also ask a question? Um, Are we aware of other alien species, or like other species existing, intelligent species in the universe? No. No, okay. And we haven't seen anything yet to indicate to us that this is definitely an alien species. Like this, as far as we know, could just be humans. The voice does indeed sound human. Okay, okay, good to know. I would like to add that Margot has a history with certain conspiracies, and one of them was sun goblins. So, so he's got a little oh. bit of an idea in his head about this. Oh, boy. You know, and this is just the kind of thing that I keep trying to tell everyone about, though no one will listen. I know that the government has been hiding stuff from us, so... Navigator Fabian, they're trying to capture us in a tractor beam. Are going to let them do that? Are you going to pull some sweet stunts? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, you... <laughs> Save your wheezy, derisive comments and get us the fuck out of here. All right, you angry Scott. Just shut up and do what I say. We're going to try some evasive maneuvers. Describe to me the kind of evasive maneuvers you're going to do. I'd like to do a maneuver that somehow makes use of the flaming ball to get us away. Oh. I was going to try to detach it from their ship. Oh. So you want to take the ship Mm -hmm. and just slam it through the uh, cable that's connecting the fireball of garbage? Mm -hmm. Love it. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably feelings because I'm guessing you're doing this just like, I'm going to rail. This I'm is a moment. This is one of my moments. This is where there'd be background music. That sounds very action movie and not very like thought through. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So that is definitely feelings. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're an expert. Would you say that Fab is prepared to martyr their coworkers? Absolutely. Okay. Then yeah, take three. Well, do not like me. <laughs> Oh, no. You only half proved yourself with deep boop, so, I you know. I beat Sonya last week. I think he did a real good job. <laughs> so I'm looking for above, right? Yep. Yes. What the? <laughs> this is so good. Okay, how did you do? Two l- twos and a five. Laser feelings, laser feelings, feelings. You can either ask two questions or get three successes. I'm thinking that we probably need all the successes that we can get. 
Fab slams some levers. Both of you roll feelings. One die. Ooh, ooh, one die. All right. Two. I got my feeling. I got a two, so I critically failed. Dr. Ferris, you had enough insight to grab onto some of the bars and hold steady. I grabbed onto Captain Darcy's shoulder really tightly. <laughs> Just squeezed on there. Perfect. Okay, and that kept you safe. Margo, you were holding the intercom, and you were trying to think of something clever to say at this last moment, because you didn't know Fab was going to do this. I demand that you explain to it. And then you went flying from one end of the bridge to the other as the ship accelerated, Can slamming into the wall. Fab ducks as Marco goes flying. Goes sailing over Fab's head. And then as soon as the ship contacts the uh, cable that is holding a flaming ball of garbage, you go flying back the other way. Fab, du <laughs> Fab ducks. And then after the ship accelerates past that, you slide across the floor. Damn it, Fab. Give me some warning before you pull that shit. And as the ship finishes curving through that arc, as it detaches the bag, DB pulls up the, um, the screen view of what's going on behind the ship, and you see the bag of garbage start wildly spinning, and it manages to spin around and catch all three of those smaller ships and uh, smack them off course. One of them is completely destroyed. The other two are going to need to recover, and they're not looking great. They're kind of spiraling off. The voice comes booming over the intercom. What the actual fuck do you think you're doing? Uh, Peace and desist, will blow you out of the sky. Out of the space, fuck you! <laughs> can, uh, can I say that Margot in the sliding across the floor moment has ended up against uh, Fab's chair? Sure. So sort of crumpled, so Fab takes the mouthpiece that is mysterious has been able to stay in Margot's hand the whole time <laughs> and just plucks it up and says, um doesn't scream. It's a very controlled uh, shout in the direction of the other spaceships and they say, um, eat space, space star, star scum. scum. Are you, you with the, the government? government? <laughs> what? <laughs> Margo's going to grab that back out of her hand. <laughs> Are you absolutely certain that you're representatives of planet Earth? Listen up, guys. Listen up, sir. We are absolutely willing to comply with whatever you are trying to do if you at least just tell us who you are. It certainly doesn't fucking seem like it. And what gives you the authority to be putting us under arrest? I am Grandmaster Doobie, president of the Psalms, and I'm coming to take your entire planet to court. Why? Why the fuck do you think? Did you not see the giant flaming pile of garbage we were towing back to your fucking planet before you rudely detached it and sent it spiraling into my ships? Well, I am Margot Wigglebacker, a chemical engineer. I am Dr. Ferris Clinton. Hello, how are you doing today? That's the doctor. Fab grabs the intercom. <laughs> we will not be complying. Don't listen to this idiot over here. Even if you're not with our government, that just means what I've been saying is true. Our government has been hiding things. There are other governments. <laughs> Look, Fab, this is a really weird hill to die on right now. I really think we should try to get some information out of these guys. No, I, I'm with you, Fab. I believe there are other governments besides our own. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you do not stop your ship immediately and comply and come into custody, I will blow you out of the space, and you will not live to see another day. Now we could settle this like civilized creatures in the court of law, or you can continue to be barbaric, confused conspiracy theorists, as you are so wont to be. Wait, can I hold the intercom for a moment? No! Please, I have a very important question for him. Fab, we had our turn. Come on. Come on, please. I lean over, I lean over and I say, we are in space right now. How are you going to blow us out of it? There's no planet anywhere nearby. I don't think you understand how space works. I think I got him, guys. Guys, I think I got, I got him. I got him in a paradox. I don't think he's going to have the any more trouble for the three of us. Or you, Captain Darcy, or you, Deep Boop. Hello. Oh, experiment. I forgot about you over there. There's six of us. There's a lot of people in this bridge right now. This is a very small space. We're very close together, really getting together and um, 
what's the word, uh, team building right now. It's very lovely. I'm glad that we're building these bonds. I'm glad that we had those that uh, poker night the other day. It was very wonderful. It was good. Uh, this is all on Mike. This is all <laughs> And I, I get the impression that Fab has been holding it the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you just I, came I, over. <laughs> you, are, you are moving the mic away, and I am just leaning farther over, uh, getting closer and closer. Can, can I, um, Fab throws the intercom back down, like, on the Margo, <laughs> not even handing it, and prepares to try to get away again? In what direction? I'm going to say that at this point, too, the cloud is, you're kind of in the center of the cloud, because everyone has kind of been maneuvering around you. And they're heading towards Earth. Yes. Do all the ships look the same? Or is there, like, one, like, special big one? Uh, the special big one is the one that is to- was towing the garbage. Gotcha. Which has slowed down while the other ships progress towards Earth, and that ship is kind of making a big slow loop to try and go intercept the garbage. And you can see a couple, like, big robotic arm hands sort of things extending off the back of it, preparing to rope back in the garbage, which has now extinguished because it's not being dragged through space at incredibly high speeds. I don't know why there's friction in space, but there is. So you want to take the ship and... Leave. Go towards the sun. Away (coughs) from these lot. They can keep going that way for all I care. Okay. There's probably a base inside the sun. <laughs> let's go back to the sun. I don't think we have time for this. Let's just get out of here. Yes, let's go towards the sun. That's what I'm voting to, and I have control. <laughs> How are you going to intend to get through the cloud of ships that are... Now there's more of them converging at you because you've become actively hostile. Play chicken. Play chicken? <laughs> Is that play chicken? You're going to try to ram your way through that. Okay. We got good shields. They saw what she. They saw what they did through the fucking trash bag. Cool. That's feelings. That's three dice too, because you're doing what you do. <laughs> I love this. Uh, you two both roll feelings. Oh, also, come on. Just one dice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got two. I also got two. I have a two, and then a five and a six. <laughs> okay. Um, what are successes for you? Uh, successes for me would have been a would have been below a four. You succeeded. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have to be above a two, don't I? For feelings, you want to roll above. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm good then. I've got a two and a five and a six. So three successes or two and a question. I don't know how you keep doing this. <laughs> I'm, I'm all success here. Let's say as Margo was picking himself up off the ground, <laughs> Fab yelled, I'm in control, and gunned the ship. And Margo went flying <laughs> towards the back half of the ship. And and vanished from view as, as you flew down the bridge and into a completely different room. Can I land in the med bay? Roll me lasers to see if you can calculate your flying falling into the med bay. That is only one time because you're not prepared and you're not an expert. Oh my god! Literally, I just failed. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. You fold around the door jam of the med bay and you're injured now. Great. Now you have a severe limp. The ship bombards its way through the cloud as you are just <laughs> flying straight through ships. Yelling, um, eat space! <laughs> one of them tries to call your bluff and just pings right off of the ship because you've got the strong shields. Deep Boop goes, Captain Shields at 70%! But you rocket through the cloud and you are traveling at, frankly, unsafe speeds, headed directly towards the sun. A small detachment of those ships has broken off and begun to pursue you at speed. Getting more staticky with the distance that's now between you, you hear the uh, captain you were speaking with, Captain Doobie, calling out in anger, ordering ships to chase after you and to take you into custody. Uh, Margo is going to limp his way into the med bay. Okay. I'm going to run back to the med bay. I I do a light squeeze of Captain Darcy's (laughs) shoulder. Oh, I want to say this time yeah. Captain Darcy grabbed your shoulder during that. Okay, good, 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 good. I reach my hand up to where his hand is on my shoulder, and I do a light squeeze on top of his hand, and I, I look him deep in the eyes, and then I peel his hand away, and I say, Do that again, and I'll have to talk to HR. And then I turn and go to uh, go to the med bay to, to, to meet Margo to, to uh, do some work. This is a dangerous, you're, you're in great pain, I can see. Oh, gee, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, we're going to have to remove that leg for you. Look, Doc, I think it's time. I think it's time. Oh, oh man, usually people argue more, but okay, here we are. I can't, uh, 
I'm going to cut off his leg and replace it with something immediately. I've had it like stowed away. Of uh, it is that that dog. Remember that dog? Yeah. That was the prototype. I got a new leg planned up for this dude. Let's do some lasers. I'm an expert. Yep. And I'm prepared. Yeah. And you're because you're in the med bay. So so I'm gonna roll three dice for this. Yep. So that means I need to get under a four. Can I make a request? You can make a request. We'll see how it goes. Tell me what your request is. Uh, listen, Doc, you think you could build something in there that uh, has like a centrifuge for, for chemicals and experiments that I have to run on my own? If you're worried about there being chemicals in your legs, yes, there will be plenty of chemicals in your leg. So I'm trying to install in his leg uh, something akin to the, what I put in the dog, which is to say a strong robotic leg that gives him lots of jumping power, lots of running power, and has some rockets in it. That's what I'm going for. But <laughs> but I rolled two failures and one success. I don't know how that translates. You tell me. I'm going to put it very simply. You do it. Okay. Margo. You'll have a fucking limp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... Let me know if you ever try and utilize the rockets or tech that he built in, okay. because then we'll discover the true ramifications. <laughs> I'm gonna need a. Uh, <laughs> oh great! I'm gonna need a coin just in case. Cool. Now I will also say, as far as you're aware, Margot did a good job. Yep. Except for the fact that it is exactly one centimeter too short. Mm-hmm. Great. It, it, the the foot is definitely a paw. <laughs> yes. It is It is identical to the dog leg, except human size. Do, wait, does that mean you're digitigrade, where you have the Yo, long yeah. toes? Yeah, so you have yeah. one dog leg. Okay. Do you slip the foot back into your cowboy boot? Obviously. <laughs> Fucking wild. <laughs> well, in the med bay, uh, Margo's going to take a look at some of the materials we have. What are you after? Margo is going to try and concoct some kind of serum that when injected will give the user incredible strength. You're just going to steal some adrenaline. Exactly. But you're going to try and mix it so that it wouldn't be lethal at a high dose. It wouldn't be lethal at a high dose, but it'll also be five times more powerful. That's going to be a lasers. And unfortunately, three dice. But you're (laughs) an expert and you're prepared. (laughs) I got one failure, one success, and my number. Do you want two successes or a question and one success? I'm going to take two successes. Okay. You did it. Good job. You now have, you can add to your inventory, one use amp you up strength thing. So as you've been in transit rocketing towards the sun, the detachment that broke off is about five ships, five of the smallest, lightest ones. And DB turns to you and says, You know, it could catch up with us. They're choosing not to. It's a bit weird. I'm not exactly comfortable with that, fab. At least it gives us time to consider what we're going to do next. But it seems almost like they're sheepdogs. And we're a sheep. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, we're being herded towards the sun. All that matters is I what think we... they intend to burn us, fab. Mm. Burn us to a crisp. All I need us to do is make it there. To the sun? Yep. You're fucking bonkers. We're going to get burnt to a crisp. No, we're not. You got some kind of breading fetish or something? Want to be coated in a nice crispy layer of burning flesh? It smells like bacon. It smells like burnt balloons. That's what burning hair smells like to me. Don't know why they built me with a fully functioning nose, but... You're welcome. I am a sensor robot, so I suppose the seven senses are important to impart upon one. Believe me, we'll be safe if we can just make it to the sun and maintain this speed. Aye, aye, Captain. However, my programming does require me to say I just course 90 degrees to the west. <laughs> you can, you're can, you free to ignore those orders, but bit of protocol against flying straight in the sun. <laughs> We're going straight in. We're going in. Unless anyone says anything else, you all burn to a crisp and die. It was really Listen, fun. Listen, Marco. <laughs> no, I'm Margo. I can understand how you basically just to confuse. It's the, you know, the um, disassociation with your new cyborg body. This but way- don't worry, you are yeah. still Margo. I am Margo. You are Margo. It's just, that is your mantra. Margo, I am Margo. I am Margo. I am Margo. <laughs> I am Margo. Captain Darcy walks in at this point as you're just saying, I am Margo. I am Margo. And just like pokes his head in. I put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> He turns very slowly to look at Margo, glances at Margo's leg, and then he leaves the room. I follow him out with my hand on his shoulder. 
<laughs> Can I help you, Dr. Ferris? I saw you looking at his robot leg. I was wondering if maybe you would like... No, 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 no. In, in, in a word, no. In two words, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if uh, you ever change your mind, I am here. And I gesture towards myself. I am here, and I'm here to help you be a better person. I squeeze his shoulder a little tighter before I let go. We are Margot. <laughs> and, I, and I step out of the room. The next time Margot goes to find his cigarettes, <laughs> a lot of them are missing. <laughs> uh, and Captain Darcy has um, shut himself in his captain's quarters. Do we know if the mothership has started following us back? Uh, it is beyond your sensor reach at the moment. Okay. Which means that it didn't follow you. But you don't actually know where it is. Margo would like to hatch a plan. I have a plan. It's a little unconventional. I personally like to make sure that everything I do is very conventional, very traditional. I don't like <laughs> to break the normal protocol of things. So Listen, I'm, if I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, let me just put you on a pause for that. Is this going to break any rules? Is this going to break any morals or ethics? If so, I don't know what that I want to take part. Doc, let, let, yes? me, let me put this very plainly for you. Okay. We are Margo. I'm 100% on board, no matter what you say, no matter how foolish, how stupid. We are Margo. <laughs> All right, Fab. We got these uh, five ships coming up on us. They're going to try and take us into custody. I think that we should let them take us. We will board their ship and take control of their vessel and then use it as ransom against the mothership to try and turn it around from Earth and stop whatever harebrained scheme that they're doing. Acceptable. If we can make it to the sun, we don't even have to worry about that. We can just change what comes to pass. But the thing is, is that we don't have the sun goblin technology. And there's no way the Nov knowing whether or not we're going to be able to breach the surface of the sun if we're in one of their ships. It might be a different story, and it'll give us more time to think and plan. If we can hit the sun at the right speed, of which we're almost attaining right now, then we will simply get to choose a different time. Wait, am I correct in understanding that what you're trying to do is travel through time? Because up until this point, for the past three weeks of us being chased by these things, I assume that this was just a suicide run that we were doing right here. <laughs> and, I mean... I mean, I was down. I was down to try out whatever, the great, the next great adventure, you know. I was willing to explore it. But now that I see what you are trying to do, is this a thing that we could possibly try? Look, I know we were talking earlier about that Star Trek movie where they flew into the sun to travel back in time, but there's no way of knowing whether or not that's actually real. No one will listen to me. Everyone leaves or cuts me off when I'm in the middle of trying to tell them. <laughs> are being taken advantage of by our government time and time again. They're hiding so much from us. And yet we, we, no one will listen to me that it's true. It's true. And I, at least I know of one thing that is definitely true. And I'm sure that the rest of it is true too. And I've been trying to prove it. I should have made a sedative when I was in the med bay. If we could get to the sun, we can get to a different time. We can change this if we want. We can move on somewhere else. It doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. And now that we know, apparently there are others out there, we could even go somewhere else entirely. Look, I'm on board with your plan. I just think we should do it with the alien technology because it's clearly more advanced than our own. I don't think that this ship will survive the sun. Is it clearly more advanced? I, I, have, to, I have to agree with our good friend Fabian because we have the most powerful shields with these other ships who knows how powerful their shields are. Our shields are powerful and we are going at a very fast speed because our ship is also fast. Shields are at 70%, Captain. I'm just saying we've got the fast we've got the fast ship and we've got the powerful shields. It's perfect for the plan that, that Fabian has planned out for us. Captain Darcy, uh, beep boop, anybody gonna back me up on this? Captain Darcy is not present. Peppermint Patty. What's your vote? I, I, I was thinking of making fish, just because, like, we have it and it's really close to going by. God damn it. I'm at the mercy of a crazy doctor and an action hero. All right, let's fly it into the sun. There's been no time to explain this, but I don't know when I'm from. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go make a sedative. I'm, I'm having a vision, for lack of a better word. It, I'm positive that it's of the future. I'm positive because I can see us now as we are on this bridge together. 
and the brightness is getting brighter and brighter and brighter, and, and I'm, I'm so happy. That fills me with confidence and trust for you. <laughs> I'm so happy my plan is finally going to work. I'm going to be able to find when I'm from or just find a better time. With all the brightness, it engulfs us, and we're not dead. We're absolutely not dead, but I know that we would have made impact at this time, but we're fine. We've made it. So your little daydream here is telling you that we are going to survive flying into the sun. Yes. I'm going to go get another cigarette. Roll two dice. On feelings, I'm assuming. This whole thing is based on a feeling. (laughs) Perfect. Four and six. Fabian grits their teeth. In a fluid, almost practiced motion, they fire the thrusters at full blast for a brief moment, then disable them completely. For a few seconds, the inside of the ship is plunged from blinding light into disorienting darkness as the view screens go dead, Fab having diverted all the power to the shields. Dr. Crunson reaches wildly for a shoulder to clasp before remembering Darcy's absence, instead choosing to grab onto his own. In the glow of his two lit cigarettes, Margot walks forwards and slides open one of the small manual viewports, which is what the future military calls windows, I guess, and the sun's brilliance floods the bridge once more. Drifting, under only their momentum, mere yards from the burning star, a wry smile cracks across Fabian's face. The Icarus breaches the sun's horizon. Whew. Told you, it was wild. We had so much fun. A huge thanks again to Ty, who played the character of Dr. Ferris Crunson. I can't do the voice. He did Ferris Crunson. He was the doctor. And he hosts the podcast Side Character Quest, which is absolutely fantastic. If you like this kind of wild role-playing adventure story stuff, you got to go check out Side Character Quest. I would start with the first episode about lore, because he does mini arcs, and you can jump in on any of them. Definitely start with Lore's arc to get a feel for the podcast. It's one of my personal favorites. His or Alton's. If you liked our holiday special, please let us know because we're taking kind of a weird leap into uncharted territory for special stuff. Uh, Tweet at us at I Don't Know Radio on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash I Don't Know Radio, or email us at uh, holiday special at I Don't Know Radio.com. Tell us what you thought because maybe we'll bring these characters back. Maybe it'll be a recurring thing we do for special content. But we will not be abandoning our true roots as a really bad morning show. I'm going to go curl up in my cot here in the truck. I will catch you next Monday. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Baba Ganoush. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured. Oh, hold on. Uh, One more thing. If you listen this far, I'll let you in on a secret. The special secret power that I gave to Fabian was to make a premonition at some point that I would then have to make come true. So, yeah, that's what that whole last little bit was. I just, I wanted to share that, and I forgot uh, before we did the the tag thing. Anyway. Treasured content.